Oh, hello, weary travelers. Come on in. It looks like the bod is about to begin. I'll pour the ales over the stories, fables, and tales about the bards, battle axes, and bows taking out their ferocious foes. Just take a listen to the tales that we spin here at the Carriage Rest Inn. There is a world that exists in the shadow of our own. Dorma, a world of darkness, inhabited by phantoms, wraiths, and specters. Long ago, before the Grand Armistice, the Harbinger of Creation forged a mighty barrier to protect our world, Ivana, from the world of shadows. For millennia, the barrier stood and Ivana thrived. Conflict between the twelve great races, once an everyday occurrence, now ceased entirely, and peace and prosperity flourished. During this time, Ivana enjoyed a golden age like none before, until the tragedy of Karhang brought it to a violent end. The human city of Karhang was, at one time, the capital of technology and innovation. But 150 years ago, suddenly and without warning, the sky above the city was torn asunder and Karhang was swallowed by darkness. No one knows what caused the event, but everyone knows why it happened. For the first time, a pillar fell and the barrier failed. The first rift had opened. It was during this event that the world first encountered the Denoa the ghastly inhabitants of Dorma. They bled into the world from the rift, bloodthirsty and immune to conventional weaponry. After weeks of fear and destruction and countless deaths, their vulnerability was finally uncovered. The gift of the light. Like the cause of the tragedy of Karhang, the exact nature of the gift is unknown. Those with the gift are nearly indistinguishable from those without it, save for their ability to combat the Denoa. Few possess the gift, and fewer still can use it effectively. Eventually, warriors empowered with the gift were able to contain the ruins of Karhang and the first rift within what is now referred to as the Perimeter. However, the danger did not stop there. New, smaller rifts began to open all across Ivana. Nowhere was safe. It appeared a rift could open at any time. That fear still exists today, but luckily, it was discovered that those with the gift could not only fight the Danoa, they could also seal these smaller rifts. And so it was that the Order of the Light was formed. Membership in the Order is voluntary. Those that enlist are trained to harness their power and risk their lives to defend the world from the Denoa. Now, let's meet a few of those brave souls. Welcome to the Order of Light. May you be the light in the darkness. For the record, please state your name and age. Uh, my name is Vaso, the farmer's son, and I am 17 years old. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I, I come from a town called Amberton. Um, I was a farmer there. That's basically all there is about me. <laughs> all right. For what reason are you deciding to join the Order of Light? Uh, well, I found out that I have the gift, and um, I want to put it to good use. Oh, how did you discover you had the gift? Uh, well, our town, it got attacked by the Dunoa, and um, I was fighting them, and I summoned a shield somehow, and that's how I learned how I had the light. Oh, that is fantastic. What the skills do you think you're going to bring to the order for us? Well, I've been a farmer all my life, so anything that has to do with farming... You know, chopping wood or crop growing or, you know, handling, you know, 
cattle, stuff like that? Well, we mostly deal with Denoa, but I'm sure your commanding officer will be able to uh, utilize those skills a little bit. What do you feel is your biggest weakness? I mean, I'm I'm pretty shy, so I don't I'm not. I mean, I I get along with everybody, but you know, I'm just I'm just pretty shy. And what does your family think about you joining the Order of Light? Um, well, my my father he he didn't want me to join. Oh, why is that? He believes in peaceful ways of living. Okay. So I mean, sure. All right. Well, hopefully we can give you some new experiences there at the academy and go with the light, brother. Sounds great. I appreciate the opportunity. Welcome to the Order of Light. May you be the defender of the light. Okay. Hi. Hi. For the record, please state your name and age. Uh, I, Minial, well, uh, Melwood's, uh, Del, um, uh, let's, st- uh, just Woods. Mel- well, Melwood, I guess Melwood. Melwood. Well, you nice can call me Woods. Woods? Yeah. Melwood or Woods? Woods. Woods. Well, it's nice to meet you. Woods, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm 135. Um, a young 135, if I say so myself. Um, I really like to work out. Uh, I feel like it just like relieves a lot of stress for me. Um, and I really like to snack. I feel like my protein intake is really important. That's something that I just, I like. And I'm not 100% sure why I'm here. All right. So you're not quite sure why you're order- joining the Order of Light? I mean, I know why. I mean, I know why. It's because I have the gift, but I don't, but I, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I guess, th- sorry, that's probably not a part of the interview. Uh, how did you discover you had the gift of light? Um, so, well, a rift opened in my village and I was like paralyzed and I heard these like voices and then I was like, was kind of torn. And then all of a sudden she came, she came to me and she started, she started speaking to me. And then I was just like warm kind of all over. And, and then that's it. Then I, then I just woke up and, and I guess like I, they said I closed the rift. You said she? Who's who's she? Uh, um, Lucha. Lucha, the moon goddess. Yes, I know that's kind of weird because, like, you probably have in your paperwork that I'm like from the Del Rey Sanctuary, which is like Sopeller, which is like the, the goddess of sun, and which was really weird. And then the moon goddess came to me, so I just I don't. Again, so I'm I'm just confused. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can help you find some answers. What uh, type of skills do you get to bring to the Order of Light with you? Um, well, I mean, I mean, I'm kind of strong, um, and. I'm really good at making a cup of tea, but um, my life kind of before this was was just really different. There, it was just a lot of praying and 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 now not. Okay, what does your family think about you joining the Order of Light? Are they excited? Um, uh, n- no. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, me too. Well, thank you, and go with the light, sister. Thank you. Welcome to the Order of Light. May you be the destroyer of darkness. Destroyer of darkness. For the record, I like that. For the record, please state your name and age. Greetings. My name is Nomis Greytail. I am a young 28-year-old tabaxi. Oh, well, welcome. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, as mentioned, my name is Nomis. I was a part of my father and his friend's traveling troop. You may have heard of us, GNR's Traveling Tabaxi Troubadour Troop or GNR4Ts for short. I think I did see you guys recently. Well, hope you enjoyed the show. You may have seen me and others perform, but we go town to town just 
enlightening people with our song and dance and so you're other. A, so you're a musician? Oh yeah, musician, singer. Oh, that's... sometimes dancer. Oh, whatever the crowd wants. Well, what made you want to join the Order of Light? Uh, I I guess to be honest, I was forced into it to a degree. Uh, my troop was camping for the night, and uh, this thing opened up in the sky and all these dark figures came out and attacked us and one went after my friend and musical partner Grace and they attacked her and all I could instinctively do was play my lyre and some white light came out and the next thing I know I was visited by a goddess who told me about this power I had and that I needed to join the order in order to go find and protect my friend Grace. Well, you were uh, visited by a goddess? If you don't mind me asking, which one? Uh, Valdana, oh, I the, think she said her name was. The fae goddess. Yeah. All right. Well, what type of skills? It sounds like you're going to be bringing us some entertainment. Oh, for sure. Whatever type of entertainment you all need. Morale booster, maybe. It's always good to have high morale. So yeah. That might come in handy. What do you think your uh, biggest weakness is? Oh, do I have just one? I mean, if you want to list more than one. Most people don't, but sure, go I ahead. mean, uh, it's kind of hard for me to focus at times. That's why I play music to help me, you know, focus on one thing. Um, water, dogs, fleas, oh, string. Oh, okay. Reflections <laughs> of light. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I see where this is going. Um, Salmon. What does your uh, family think of your uh, joining the Order of Light? I mean, uh, you know, I was a part of a troop and we were very closely connected and, you know, we all did our part to, you know, be a part of the troop and entertain and they didn't want me to go, but they understood I had to in order to save my friend, Grace. So Grace is still missing? Grace is still missing. Well, hopefully we can help you find her. Yeah, that's why I'm here to, you know. Well, welcome to the order and go with the light, brother. Welcome to episode one of Carriage Rest Tales. We have found and met our adventurers, and they are going to actually officially meet in what's called Harbinger Square. That is where the Academy of Light is located. When you guys get there, there are already three other recruits that are there. As you're looking at them, you see a human, a turtle, which is a turtle Like person. a ninja turtle man? Yeah, kind of. Donatello. Please tell me his name is Donatello. It's Quentin. Sorry. <laughs> Sounds like a nerdy turtle. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see what's a loxodon, which is an elephant person. Yes. And then our party arrives. And what order do we want them to arrive and go ahead and roll a dice and we'll see who goes first. You can Just any a... dice or should we all roll the Let's all roll same side dice? I'll roll a D6. <laughs> all right. I got if three. you want to go last, roll or if you want to go first, roll a D4. If you want to go last, roll a D20. One. I got a six. I got a three. All right. Nick appears first. <laughs> So Nick, <laughs> what do you? So Nick, as you walk in, you see on the left side, and they're all kind of already talking to each other. You see a human, a turtle, and a loxodon. Yeah, so I'm gonna look over, and I'm gonna be kind of like I've never seen a turtle or the elephant guy. So I'm gonna be, I'm just gonna kind of like stand there for a minute and kind of look, but like only only for a couple seconds, and then I'm just gonna walk to the right you like away, away from everybody like kind of in my own little corner just kind of hanging out over there and i'd say before you got there you probably were informed that your team is going to be with a cat person and an elf so you're like oh i don't recognize any of them so yeah. i'm going to step over here to the right 
Yep. The Loxodon and the human are kind of like in conversation and the turtle is just sort of tuned out. He almost looks like he's meditating. I think it was Sam is next. Okay, so I'm going to walk in. Um, I'll, I'll look like I'll probably go up to the elephant um, and just say hi to the, the people who are over there. Um, but I knowing that I'm going to who, who's on my team, right? I would have that communication. Yeah, so as you walk in, you see the same thing that Nick saw, um, yeah. but then you also see a half-orc standing on the right-hand side, which you okay. would have known a half-orc is in your party. Is there food anywhere? Do I see like a snack station? There's not a snack station anywhere. Beverages or like a reception table? Nope. Okay. I'll probably go. I'm going to walk over um, to this big half-orc and, hi. Hi. I'm Melwood, and I'm going to extend out my hand. I'm I'm Vaso, and then I'll shake your hand. Vaso? Vaso. Vaso. Hi, nice to meet you. I think, I mean, did you get the paper? Like, I think we're supposed to be, I think we're on a team. Is that right? I think we're looking for a cat maybe. Yeah, I think so. I, okay. I think it said something about a cat. Um, what, Where Where did you come from? Uh, I, I come from Amberton. Oh, I'm close to there. And then as this is going on, our third and final party member, Ryan. Oh, before I enter the gate, I'm taking out my lyre and I'm strumming it. Perfect. And I'm walking through like, you know. A boxer getting ready to go into the ring, like got my theme music on, strumming it. What's your theme song? Oh, it's just, you know, just strumming. I don't have like a particular ditty yet. Okay. It's just, you know, I'm here kind of a thing. Okay. And you see the same thing. You did definitely get the attention of everybody and <laughs> they're all looking at you. Well, at least the three on the left-hand side, are the human, the turtle, and the loxodon definitely notice you. I mean, Melwood for sure turns around and like, who's this fella? And I see everyone's looking at me and I take off my hat and bow. No Miss Greytail. Pleased to meet everyone. And I keep strumming, and I think I realize, like, oh, you know, half elf and half orc, my party. Yeah. I go, I, I approach you all. Um, she's, a full, she's a full elf. Oh, full elf. Mm-hmm. Uh, my apologies. Um, so just before you, you can make it there, when, when you introduce yourself big like that, the Loxodon looks at you and lets out, like, a big bellowy laugh and says, <laughs> pleasure to meet you. My name is Wallace. Wallace and just kind of goes over and like shakes your hand. He just appreciates your grand entrance. Uh, well met, Wallace. I could always use a trumpet for my music. It's nice to meet somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's an offensive joke. No, of course I like not. That. Oh, I like okay. humor. We're gonna get along splendid. And I'm gonna do my like bass line. Like, all right, you know, like ready to create some music with my my buddy Wallace here. <laughs> now look at him like, all right, you're on. Hoping he, you know, toots his horn, so to speak. Yeah, he uh he 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 he's still smiling, but he, he doesn't he's not sure what you actually expect of him. That's okay, we'll try again later and I'll, you know, approach. Right, of course. Well, nice meeting you, and he walks back to his group. Um no miss? Was that right? Yes. Hi, I'm uh I'm I'm Elwood, but you can call me Woods. Woods? I think I think this is I think we're a team. Did you get that paper? Is that is that did you get the right is that right? Uh I believe so, yes. Um well uh this is Vaso. Vaso, nice Hi. to meet you. Nice to meet you. And I'm still playing, like we're talking. Yeah, so a little no, background music, just you know, that's what just I like do. Sh- just, a little ditty. <laughs> yeah, just you know. You're pretty good at that thing. Well, yes. <laughs> and I I just I don't even look at the strings, I'm just looking at you playing. Okay. Where did you oh, Vaso and I were just kind of chatting. He's he's from Amberton, and I'm I'm actually kind of close from there. Where, where did you come from? I guess where 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 do you call home? 
Uh, I really didn't have a home. I was a part of a traveling troupe of entertainers. So the last place we were at was the uh, Whistling Cliffs. And he got kind of like quiet and sad when he said that. And the music kind of stopped. Yes, thanks. I got your attention. As you guys look, you see that the airfield is in front of you. And you see two big elemental ships. And they've been there since the beginning. But while you guys were talking, what you didn't notice was there was a little gnome that had went and took like a milk crate box and had put it out on the middle of the platforms of the air elemental field. And she is now standing on it trying to get your attention. And she says, welcome to the Academy of Light. I am Amelia. I am your guide today to show you around base and get you acquainted and familiar with everything. Um, but before we begin our tour, we have the honor of one of our heroes, Benson, is going to give a nice keynote address to officially welcome you to your new recruitment. Uh, at that point, a large-looking human man looks a little bit too large to be fully human, but distinctly human features, uh, walks out to the platform made out of the milk crate and did you say there was a, a microphone or something, or are they just speaking to the room? Speaking to the room. Uh, so he steps up to the makeshift podium, and uh, Amelia takes, takes a step aside, and he steps forward and says, Thank you, Amelia. Good morning, and welcome to the Order of the Light. I have no doubt you are all familiar with our organization, but I cannot overstate the importance of the role we play in keeping our world safe. We are the first and last line of defense that Ivana has against Dorma and the terrifying creatures that live there. Dorma is a constant threat. Rifts open unpredictably, and the danger is immediate. The people of the world rely on us, the Order of the Light, to keep them safe. The people of Black Bay Harbor specifically rely on you recruits here at the Academy of Light to protect them. Of course, under the guidance of your wonderful instructors, yours truly included. The power that we bear is a gift, given to us by the harbinger of creation so that we might protect ourselves from Dorma and the Denoa that invade our world. We alone possess the power to close rifts. When a rift opens, it is our mission to be there as soon as we possibly can, to close the rift, eliminate any Denoa presence remaining in the area, and keep the citizens safe. You recruits are the latest in a long line of Ivana's defenders. Here at the Academy of Light, you will learn to use your abilities to protect our world. I'll leave you with these words to remind you who you are and why you are here. Be the light in the darkness and go with the light. Thank you. Elwood just like starts to kind of like slow clap and realizes nobody else is clapping. Realizes there's six people. <laughs> yeah, and just like, woo, like, okay. No, Miss is going to be like, this light? And he's going to like play and cast like a dancing lights cantrip around him. Yes, that light. <laughs> I he's, would like, advise he's so you... cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's impressive. What's your name? Uh, my name is Nomis. And I'd Nomis. take my hat off and give a little curtsy bow to you. Pleasure to meet you, Nomis. If I had a word of advice for you here today, it would be perhaps learn when not to speak. Oh. Malwood kind of just looks at Ben or Nomis like, okay. Well, 
thank you, Benson. And um, I guess we will see you later. Thank you, Amelia. Yes, I will uh, see these recruits later on for dinner. Enjoy your tour. The real work begins tomorrow. I'm just going to play pom pom pom. Amelia thinks this is He gives awesome. you kind of like a, a little bit of an exasperated look. And uh, make a make a perception check for me. All right. So perception check is I'm going to take a d20, uh, and I get to add some things to it. Plus one for wisdom, and then plus two for my proficiency. And you are rolling a d20. So I rolled a 16. I get to add three to it, so 19. If my math yeah. is correct. After that sort of exasperated look, as he turns away, you catch just like the littlest bit of a chuckle. Oh, excellent. Uh-huh. And I start playing like a little happy melody, you know. Just... <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's still leaving though. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> well, recruits, welcome. As you see to my left and to my right, you see some air elemental ships. These are piloted by yours truly, as well as a couple other handful of pilots. And um, you really won't be needing these for the next few years, but they're my babies, and I love them, so I gotta show them off. You guys. Are you still talking about your ships? Yes. Okay. (laughs) You guys, from a world history perspective, would know that air elemental ships, there's basically two versions of them. You have the commercial version, which is how people can move from city to city really easily. Think of like a actual modern airline, but instead it's a air elemental ship. So it's more like a old school blimp type setup. So they use a fire elemental to heat up the gas, and then they use a wind elemental to... Push them forward. Okay. Please tell me it's like Fire and Fly is the name of the airline. <laughs> like Firefly? Yeah. <laughs> fire and Fly? Firefly. It can be. I haven't came up with a name, so it can be Fire and Fly. Yeah. Firefly Airlines. Perfect. And then there's also the military versions of them. The military versions are a lot smaller, but they're also a lot more maneuverable. So they're faster. They can move in and out of the way. Or more importantly, they can touch down in a very small square space. So they can really move. They're designed to move troops around. So they don't have any like the fancy amenities that the airline's going to have because that's not their purpose. They're known as breaking wind. <laughs> <laughs> so these are my babies and uh, I fly people around. Um, well, people meaning other knights of the order um, for when they need to get somewhere fast. You guys are going to be in Black Bay Harbor, so you're just going to walk or ride the horses. Okay. So we don't get to ride in the ships? Uh, we'll probably do some practices, um, but that's not going to be at least for like a year or so. Um, but then once you reach you know, a rank of like a ranger or a knight, then you'll actually be leaving the city. Um, but it takes a, a few years to get to that rank. So. A few years? Um, yeah, it takes I a while. I look at my friends like, years? Yeah, Mel was just kind of like standing with her arms crossed. Kind of just trying to soak it all in. Not 100% sure what she's gotten herself into. Do you have any questions on the air elemental ships before we move on? Uh, no. Vasto is just taking notes. Like, just writing everything down. He's oh. got a notepad. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> the, uh, the other three people that are in the room with you, the turtle is... Still, just kind of quiet, and he's he's been listening to people, but he he hasn't said a word, and he otherwise just doesn't seem engaged with everyone around. He's just kind of along for the ride. The human woman is quiet; she's engaged but not speaking up. Uh, but she is, you know, more acknowledging than the turtle. And Wallace the Loxodon uh, raises his hand and uh, it says, "I have a question." Yes. What is the weight capacity on those ships? Uh, well, 
it'll fit your party just fine. I uh, well, I'm speaking more of the 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 larger ships. What 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 is the largest uh, passenger load that could be facilitated? Like on the airlines, fire and fly. Yes. Oh, I mean, I think the largest ship that they have is probably 200 passengers. Incredible. Yes, it's quite a big achievement. Thank you. Sure. You can tell she's excited to talk about flying. Kind of like she's always wanted to be a pilot. Just really excited about it. So she's more than happy to start the tour in the airfield. You get the sense she really doesn't want to leave, but there's not really a reason to stay. Yeah. <laughs> she just wants to stay. Okay. Well, I guess we should move on. Um, and so she like directs you to follow. You probably saw this as you were coming in, um, but this is the statue of the Harbinger. Um, it stands 60 feet tall, so it's just above the walls. So anybody in the city can see our Lord and Savior. And then world history part. The Harbinger is the god of the world. So you guys are actually in his city. This is the city he resides in. He's alive. He's alive. Is this like a humanoid? Like, what are we actually looking at? Oh, the statue? What's, that, what's the statue? It's more of, of an like... angelic angelic humanoid. Okay. Interesting. How old, tall. Do we know how old he is? You do not know how old he is, but he's been around forever. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't age. Okay. World history question. Yep. Um, Melwood has her own god. That she works through. Are we just work is like. You can think of the Harbinger as kind of like the Zeus type of god. Gotcha. Okay. So he's the god of the gods. God of the gods. Got it. Yes. So this is the statue of the Harbinger. As you know, most of the capitals in the world have a statue to their noblemen. But seeing as this is the god's city, our statue is to the god, the Harbinger of creation. When Melwood walks by, she's going to like kiss her hand and touch his foot. Next to us, we have the infirmary. So if you get injured in training or if you're out on a mission and you get injured, you can come get some healing. Um, we'll introduce you to the staff later. I just want to make you aware of where everything's at. And then we have the command center. And as you guys are looking at the command center, you hear a lot of like hoofs trotting around and everything. And that's because behind it is the stables. So what you're looking at and you see horses. But then every once in a while, you see a horse with wings in the background. And then she's like, oh, the Pegasus are out. That's fantastic. So this is the stables over here. You have like the Pegasus and the horses. And um, I guess you guys won't be using Pegasus for a while either, but that's another kind of mode of transportation we use um, if one individual really needs to get somewhere. So what will we be using? Uh, mostly your feet. Okay. Yeah, a lot of walking and um, running, probably some push-ups. Um, and you'll be fighting the Danoa around the city, but... Recruits are primarily just restricted to Black Bay Harbor as you're kind of learning those skills. And then once you get promoted is when we can, you know, send you out to the satellite campuses where you can kind of help out a little bit more with the world of Ivana. Okay. But you got to get strong and trained. Nomis just starts laughing, like kind of hysterically. And I look up and pat Wallace on the back. I was like, I just pictured you on one of those Pegasus. <laughs> <laughs> I just started laughing. <laughs> Melwood's not concerned. I mean, she's pretty, I guess I didn't really describe her um, when I introduced her, but she's pretty buff. So like the physical aspect of this is not something that she's concerned about. She works out at least once or twice a day. Now we'll walk around to the other side of the Harbinger. And this is where you're going to find like your workshop and your forge and your armory. And Melwood, as she's doing this, you start hearing like the ting of the blacksmith and the forge. And it really reminds you of like your town, like hearing the tings of mm -hmm. the blacksmiths and all those kind of preparing weapons and that type of stuff. So it brings back kind of like a nostalgia for you. Okay. There's not really much to say. You guys are all look like you know how to handle. And she kind of looks at Faso. Uh, 
weapons? With a question mark? And she's looking at you. Yeah, it's like I, I use axes on my dad's farm to chop wood. Sure. Okay. She looks a little doubtful <laughs> based on Vaso. And why does she look doubtful, Vaso? Do what? Why does she look doubtful that you know how to handle a weapon? Because I am, for a, a half orc, I'm much smaller than the normal sized half orc. Okay. I'm more frail and, um, yeah, so that's. Well, like skinny? Yeah, skinny and. Like, do you look malnutritioned? No, that's just it's just how I am. I'm shorter. You're like I'm, I'm like I'm I'm still tall. Like uh-huh. I'm six feet tall. Okay, but for a half orc, that's pretty. Yeah. That's like really short. Okay, <laughs> are okay. you one of them new like quarter orcs? <laughs> <laughs> Does that come with fries and a drink? Yeah. <laughs> okay, this makes I, I was like, oh, you're an orc. She didn't get that. So, oh, uh, you've never seen a half orc. That one that looks like you. Okay. Do you still have tusks? Do I still have what? Tusks coming out? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. That's how you know he's a half orc and not a human. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if he was a quarter orc if he had tusks. <laughs> one tusk. One. one going like this way. Yeah. <laughs> Scraggle tooth. Makes like a mm-hmm. fraction sign. Yeah. Yeah. So Melwood's going to be like, yeah, do you, did you not bring your own weapons? Uh, I didn't know I was supposed to bring anything. All right. Well, we'll. Wait, we're supposed to bring weapons? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to use weapons. M- Okay. Well, this I is my so. team. And I just started playing. Didn't, like, it didn't like this. say in the letter, did it? Well, I mean, I just, I just like thought, it you know. Not. Yeah, but like, you would assume well, we're gonna like Wait, f- fight people. I do have this wooden dagger. Does that count? Okay. That's she's gonna about look it. So, so Melwood's gonna look over at the elephant. And like, oh, you guys want to swap teams? Is there? You want to just? Okay. Well, uh, I, I, the I, I assume actually doesn't respond to you, uh, but the human female looks at you and says, "I don't think so." Okay. Okay. So when we're done with the tour, I think we'll probably have to circle back here, and maybe we'll get you guys a little bit more equipped. Yes, all yeah. recruits are given basic equipment if needed. Perfect. Um, until you can prove that you can get better equipment, unless you're paying for it yourself. Okay. She like looks at Amelia and like kind of exasperated like i thought this is all i needed i start playing and have the dancing lights come back out again well i guess you could maybe scare away some that it's the lights right the light those lights okay and then she walks you through an atrium um, which is a very big open room and there's a nice big sky dome on the top of it so there's lots of light in this area there's like sitting and you can see a couple other recruits that are kind of sitting around talking and discussing you kind of tell that this is like an area where they go to Hang out indoors, but there's still lots of space, so it's kind of nice and breezy still um, because there's pretty open walls and stuff. So this is the atrium. This is kind of a spot where you can hang out and relax when you're not training or studying. And then if you look off onto the left side, you're going to see where the gym is. And she's looking at Melwood when she says that. And the library. And she's looking at Vaso when she says that because she's been noticing you writing notes and you look a little skinny. So she assumes you're really going to like the library. Vasa, do you, do you have glasses? I don't ask you. I'm asking you this. No. Okay. And then on the right-hand side for the, our more aquatic friends, we have the swimming pool. And then on the second floor, there's a rec room. So if you want to play some basketball or kickball or something like that, that's up there. Basketball? When she says swimming pool, that's like the first thing that the turtle really acknowledges. And he just kind of like, all he does is nod, but it's the first sort of acknowledgement he's given to anything today. Oh, you won't catch me in there. Nope. No water for me. Malwood? And I like hide behind Wallace. Mm-mm. 
Mel, what's kind of excited about this whole athletic training center? Is there like a music room in the atrium? Um, not really a music room in the atrium, but I'm sure you would probably be able to play as long as, you know, the other recruits don't, you know, beat you up. Can I get something like fast and uh, up tempo for when I'm when I'm hitting the weights? I think I got just the song for you. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Like that? Would that work? Yeah, she just like starts doing body squats. And we can't do any more because we don't want to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> I can only do 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> we looked this up. Do we like pass this by the attorney? Have we checked no. this out yet? <laughs> yeah, well, that is now your theme song. Well, I'm working on theme songs for people. Theme song? yeah. yeah. We'll cross that bridge if it comes. Okay. Um, and Wallace, I think this would be your favorite room. This is the mess hall. In the kitchen. So if you needed to get something to eat, we do provide timed breakfasts and dinners, but you can always request other food if you need it. Are there um, snacks out? There probably would be like a buffet. Like right now, is there food out? Yeah. Okay. Melwood's 100% going to grab something. Like maybe not make a plate, but like an apple or a beet or something. And yes, uh, yeah, I guess you can grab it. Mm, we usually do try to vegetables. have- <laughs> We try to have vegetables and fruit out all times because, you know, we want healthy, strong recruits. Um, so that's just something we're going to do for you. And, uh, yep, I see, Melwood, you've already started to enjoy it. That's, uh, I guess, great. And then from here, we've got four different barracks. And then she points off to the sides, and you see four doors. And from those, you see basically four four-story tall rectangles. Each of the recruits are going to be on floors one and two. And then the commanding officers, so your commanding officers, um, they get their own rooms and they're going to be on floor three. And then floor four is reserved for upper echelon knights or you know people of special honors. They're coming to oversee your visit. Have we been to our quarters yet or no? No, we are going to show you to your quarters. And at that point, the other group, let's call them group B, their CO comes out to grab them and introduces themselves. You can kind of just see it off on the corner. And they all grab their stuff and they walk off to the barracks. But then immediately looks at you guys. But um, your guys' instructor isn't going to meet you here. He requested that I bring you guys to what's called the brawl pit. And that's where he wants to meet you. She's just eating her beat. You got the beat. Yes, so we I, got the beat. So I guess we will. Uh, yeah, you got the beat. I guess we'll head out. And so she's going to walk out the mess hall. There's kind of like a back courtyard area that she's taking you guys. And she's going to bring you up to the brawl pit, which is basically, as you would imagine, a giant oval circle that's just been worn down just through foot traffic. So it's not like they have anything really sparsed out on there. You can just tell that this is the area where it's outdoors, where you can practice like melee fighting is or casting spells. Or dirt? You can tell it probably started as grass, okay. but now with just so much repeated use, it's now more of a dirt grass hybrid. You can tell the grass just has a tough time growing because it's getting walked on so much. Okay. Is then, there a guy named Brad in the pit? <laughs> no, there's not it's a the Brad. Pit master. <laughs> there's, Pit master. No, there's not a Brad in the pit. Instead, what you see is a familiar figure that you have already met. Um, oh, shoot. Benson. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your commanding officer. You guys have already met him. His name is Benson Ben Hartman. You've kind of already know that he is a 
a legend in these parts. You guys are very, very lucky to be having him as a commanding officer. And this is where I'm going to leave you. Alas, the bod is needing a break. So I, your humble innkeeper, shall give a few announcements. Hey guys, it's Sam. I just wanted to take a quick moment and thank you so much for listening. If you hadn't had the opportunity yet, we really strongly encourage you to check out our website at caradresstales.com. You'll find links there for our Discord and our Instagram. Go ahead and follow us at at caradresstalesdnd. This is where we post a lot of funny in-studio videos and um, photos of us here. Thank you so, so much for following along on this journey. I cannot believe we're already knee-deep in season two. Again, we really appreciate that you can do anything with your time and you're choosing to spend it with us. I hope you enjoy the show. Great. It appears the bard is back and ready to continue his tale. As you start walking towards Benson, you're going to notice that there is a collection of Swords, shields, axes, basically all your basic equipment just kind of lying on the ground in front of him. I'll take this opportunity to give you a little bit more description of Benson. So I mentioned that he was large and had human features. He is also wearing a sparkling, shiny set of armor, and it's trimmed with like bright white, very radiant type things. And he even has kind of like a, a very light cape that that's flowing behind him. And while he's standing here with all these weapons in front of him, you see now that he is armed with a long sword and a shield. And the shield is also like the same sort of bright, shiny color scheme. And it has a like large yin yang. <laughs> After seeing Benson there in like all this, the stuff in front of her, she's going to pull her bow out and um, yeah. And just kind of stare at him. When you take your bow out, he, looks at you and he gives you sort of a nod and he says all right i like the initiative you seem to know what's uh, about to happen here no miss it's good to see you again hey what's up benson and i like play that little melody i played for him before <laughs> working on your theme song here i see look i uh i appreciate the spirit of what you're doing i like it but uh i think while we while you're in training i need you to just sort of focus a little more and learn how to use your skills. Eventually, your bravado will come in handy. There is an element in this job of being the person who comes to the rescue, but not for now. For now, I need you to shut up and focus. Oh, okay. Should I, should I put my instrument up? <laughs> he he just says, "What? Uh, what? Did you train in weapons?" Uh, no. Uh, never, never really used a weapon. I have that this... light that comes out of your instrument. Let's uh, tell tell me a bit about that. I didn't really discover I had it till recently. Um, my group got attacked by these shadow things, and all I could do is play this, and some white light came out of it and seemed to hold them back. So you've seen firsthand the value of this gift that you have. Well, yeah, that that's that's why I'm I'm here. 
I simply ask that you treat it with some reverence. Uh, yeah, of course. Mm. Uh, at this point, Benson turns his attention to Vaso and says, and what about you? What brings you here? Um, my Back in my hometown, we were attacked by the Dinoa, and the head knight there fell. And so I started fighting and somehow was able to cast a light shield, but it wasn't enough to protect everybody. I see. And why was it that you threw yourself into the fray if you if you didn't know that you could do this? Because I wanted to protect my fellow my fellow citizens. Brilliant. You'll make a fine member of the order. As I said earlier, we are the only line of defense our world has. Now, Melwood, Nomis, Vaso, I'm going to be your commanding officer for the next how long, Mike? Probably three years. Would probably be the average length or for the recruit. Dies. Or until he dies. <laughs> until until or something in, happens. Or until uh, something happens. <laughs> yep, gotcha. The foreseeable future. <laughs> <laughs> when did the colonel get here? <laughs> <laughs> or Foghorn Lakehorn? <laughs> I said, I said. His voice is, is sort of similar to Foghorn Lakehorn. <laughs> nah, chicken? I gotta be careful. I just picture me being like that. the chicken hawk. <laughs> boy, yeah, boy. Pay, pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. Uh, I will be your commanding officer for the next three years. I will teach you how to use these gifts to be the light in the darkness and to protect people. Now, I want you to show me what you can do today. And he takes a step back and doesn't like draw his weapons, but he kind of pulls them up like he's getting ready to engage you. And he says, I want you to come at me with everything you've got. And then he settles into his fighting stance. And we're going to roll initiative. Okay. We're playing D&D, guys. So when you're rolling initiative in D&D, you're trying to decide the combat order. So basically the order we're going to go in. And it's done by rolling a D20 and adding your dexterity modifier. Basically, how quick are you to act? So for me, I have a plus three. So I have a 12. I have 11. It's already started. So I have a plus one initiative, and I rolled a 13, so 14. I also have a plus three. Ooh, six. So nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little frightened. I've never last. been in battle. Ooh. Um, well, that's okay. Benson rolled a one. <laughs> Come on, Benny. Well, he's waiting for you to attack, so that yeah. makes sense. It, it actually did make us, it, if, even if he had gotten a higher initiative order, he was going to like just hold his action until all three of you had done something anyway. Um, okay. This pit that we are in, is it completely empty? Are there sidewalls? Basically, um, Melwood's looking around to see if she can get high anywhere or get like get cover. So the pit is an oval shaped and I'm going to say it's probably 40 feet wide by 20 feet okay. oval. And that's kind of just packed down grass but hasn't really grown back just because that's where people are shuffling around like practicing their stances doing mock battles but off on the side this area north of the campus is really intended to give you that terrain stuff so you definitely are going to have some trees off on the side that you'll be able to like hide behind there'll be some boulders and stuff like that and we can just add them to the map as we go if you need them i don't need them um all right melwood is gonna draw her bow Uh, melwood's not up Vaso is up. Quit cutting. <laughs> I said okay. it started. So, I'm having deja vu. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey, hold on. Okay, so Vaso, so he he's like sort of hesitant. So like he kind of doesn't know what to do. So he's going to 
put his book away in his bag, and then he's going to use a turn to like pick up a sword. And I would say that's going to be a turn because he never really handled a sword before. So, you know, he's trying to like picking up a shield and a sword and, you know, just trying to like figure out how to hold it and okay. stuff like that. So that's going to be, that's going to be Vasa's first turn. Okay. Is it my turn now? Yes. Now it could be Melwood. Um, so, okay. She's going to just take her air, her bow out um, and probably step back a little bit, get a little bit more in range. She's a ranger. If you haven't figured this out yet, she has long bow. Um, and we're going to give a good old arrow and see if we can hit him. Oh, crit fail. A crit fail, really? Right off the bat, <laughs> really roll the one. You are very inexperienced with your bows. When you go to put the arrow on, you accidentally nick the top of the arrow, the razor part of it, on your drawstring. Awesome. So you cut your string. Yeah, she's a little Pink. nervous. Yeah, you're a little nervous. You're actually trying to fire purposely at somebody. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit awkward for you, and you know, your inexperience is just showing through. Uh, okay, so she's gonna... When that happens, Benson just sort of, like, he was tensed up in his fighting stance, and he, like, relaxes for a second and says, ah, I had hopes that you would be the best of this lot. <laughs> Don't count me out yet. Which brings us to Namus. Nomis. Nomis. All right, going to start. If y'all haven't figured out, I'm a bard. If <laughs> 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 my instrument didn't give it away. I'm going to start strumming on the instrument and say, uh, sorry, Benny. And then I'm going to cast Fairy Fire on him. And what does Fairy Fire do? So each object in a 20-foot cube within range is outlined in basically light of my choice. Uh, I'll do blue. Any creature in the area when the spell is cast is outlined in the light if it fails a dexterity saving throw. For the duration, objects and affected creatures shed dim light in a 10-foot radius. Any attack roll against an affected creature or object has advantage if the attacker can see it. Uh, if the affected creature or object can't benefit from being invisible. Okay. So he needs to roll a dexterity saving throw, which he'll probably pass because it's Benny. <laughs> and the Jets. <laughs> so in a saving throw, he's basically rolling a dexterity check to see if he dives out of the way of the spell. And doesn't get hit by it. And what is your spell save, DC? It is a 13. So, so I start with it. 8 plus my proficiency plus charisma. And so Benny needs to beat a 13. 13. Yeah, he rolled a 15 plus 5. Oh. I figured. Of course. So dives out of the way. So, so, so it just fails? Yeah. Yep. Okay. As he does that, though, a uh, like curious look comes across his face. And he, he says, an unorthodox first move, but... Perhaps you're smarter than I gave you credit for, Nomis. Going for a, a support uh, a support technique before an outright attack. Uh, well, I don't know how to attack, so this is, <laughs> this is all I know how to do. Uh, he nods and is still in his fighting stance. Uh, and then seeing as Vaso is the only one with a weapon in his hand, I'm going to use a bonus action and give him Bardic Inspiration. So basically, any... Ability check, attack roll, or saving throw, you get to add a d6 to that. Basically, anytime you get to roll, roll a, d20. a d20. Yeah. Is there a bardic inspiration on one of these cards or no? There is not. Oh, we need to get a little, if we're going to play with a bard. Yep, I'll make some. <laughs> a token. Yeah, like a token or something he can just give us so we remember we have it. I'll make a, I'll make a couple I'll cards make a for dice. Him. Here, I'll give you my panther statue. <laughs> Perfect. That's your bardic inspiration. Is the cat giving you bardic inspiration? The cat's giving you a cat. <laughs> Actually, that works out really well. Right? Yeah. 
All right, Benson. It's perfect. Uh, oh, it's starting already. <laughs> and what is Benson doing now? Isn't Vaso up? No, he already went. You're last. Vaso was first. Oh, right. He just picked up gear. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he kind of steps back and just says, so no one, no one's going to actually take a shot at me. Is, is that what, what's happening here? I said, come at me with all you have. And he really just like braces for impact. He's, he's waiting for one of you to, to make the first hit. All right, Vaso. So Vaso cheers that and he's going to, he's just going to try to go up. He's going to take a swing with his, uh, with his sword. So he's going to roll a d20, and he's going to add his strength modifier and his proficiency. All right, so I rolled a 19, and my strength modifier is plus 3, and proficiency is another 2. So that's 24 total. Needs to beat Benson's armor class. Yep, uh, that does beat. So Benson attempts to parry that with his shield, and... He deflects most of the hit, but it, you still make contact with with like his arm, so it's not a like a serious blow. But you he, you definitely hit him a little harder than he thought you would. How much okay. damage do you do? Uh, so that for the sword, I just looked it up. Is one d six, and that's three plus your strength modifier. Plus my strength modifier, which is three, uh, so six total. Okay, Melwood is now has a broken bow, so we're going to Plan B. And she carries um, two sickles with her. So they are, a sickle is one of those old school um, kind of hand weapons that are used to chop down wheat and stuff. So it's like a, um, a rod that has like a half moon, really sharp blade on it. So she's going to take out both of them and she's going to just charge them and swing. And she's getting kind of, she's getting jazzed up at this point. She's really pissed that her bow broke um, because that's like really what she's good at. But she was just a little nervous. <laughs> oh my god! I critted again. I gave uh, bardic inspiration to the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not using this dice the rest of the night. So <sighs> what happens is you go to get your sickles out, but you put your bow up. So you're like, oh, I got to put my bow up. So you like try to like string the bow over your shoulder, like you would like with the string, but you forgot that you cut the string. So instead, it just falls to the ground. And you're like, well, that was kind of embarrassing. And you pull your sickles out, and then you just immediately trip over your bow. <laughs> uh, so you were lying she's gonna, um now over in the corner still. Benson, at that point, just looks at you and just lets out a big sigh. When she's down on the ground, she's going to like kind of reach up and grab her necklace and just give it a little rub and be like, Spoiler, come on. <sighs> come on. That's what she's going to do. No miss. All right. All right, Benny, you asked for it. And I'm going to start playing like a very like, like the thicker chords, like a very like, you know, haunting bass line almost. And I'm going to cast dissonant whispers. You whisper a discordant melody that only one creature of your choice within range can hear, racking it with terrible pain. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 3d6 psychic damage and must immediately use its reaction if available, to move as far as its speed allows away from you. The creature doesn't move into obviously dangerous ground. On a successful save, the target takes half as much damage and doesn't move away. So again, my spell save DC is a 13. Yeah, so Benson rolled a 9 plus 1. So that that connects. All right, Benny. 
Three D six. He. Uh, oh yeah, you can roll the damage. All right. Eleven plus two. Thirteen. Thirteen damage. damage. Yeah. Uh, so he covers his ears immediately, and he doesn't really say anything. He kind of lets out a grunt at first, and he he takes off like running in the opposite direction. And when he gets there, it's it's going to be his turn, right? Correct. Yeah. So he gets to be. Uh, what is his running speed? Probably thirty. Yeah, it's thirty. So he's about thirty feet away from you. And he, the spell's effect fades, and he just kind of shakes it off and looks at you again with that curious look and says, I believe I underestimated you, Gnomus, but let me show you why you should not underestimate me. Oh, I and never underestimated you, <laughs> You told me to attack. This is all I know. Oh, geez. So he reaches down toward uh, his belt and takes out a little... Uh, circular you, you can't really see it very well from where you are but as far as you can tell it looks like a vial and he crushes it in his hand and from his hand you see smoke start to billow out and begin to slowly just kind of engulf his hand and it spreads up his arms as reality seems to simply separate behind him and he takes a step backwards into this distortion of space and time and vanishes uh, oh my god what? <laughs> uh, um melwood's like standing up at the, what the what where'd he go uh vaso Vaso's just looking around like like just looking for him like he doesn't know what to do like he, he's looking all around the whole place can I roll a perception check? Sure, do you want to roll perception. Okay, so that's a d20 in wisdom. All right, so I rolled a 19, and my wisdom, I don't have anything for wisdom, so 19. With the 19, you still rolled pretty high. You definitely see the smoke, that black smoke is starting to dissipate, and you're the closest to him, so you immediately start realizing that there's just nothing. There's space now. It's like he set up a smoke screen, and now he's just gone. So we're we're still in the brawl pit. It doesn't look like we're in a different world or nope. anything. You're still in the brawl pit, and that brings us to Melwood. You're laying on the ground. Uh, Melwood gets up off the ground. Um, she has her sickles in her hand. Um, I'm gonna roll perception also. Uh, twenty-two. You didn't see much because you were kind of laying on the ground. Um, but you definitely. Still, what he was talking and addressing you guys, so you would have still seen the same thing that Vaso had saw. Yeah, just maybe like Benson, guys, do you see him? Like, no, so the smoke's not even there. Uh, the smoke's at this point dissipated. Yeah, I'm like looking up, left, right. You do anything else on your turn, Melwood? Just uh, no, stand I'm up. just like stand up. I have my sickles in my hand, kind of ready, I guess, ready action. So if he's going to pop up behind me, I'm gonna swing. No, miss. Yeah, I'm just actually. Oh no, <laughs> that's never good. <laughs> uh, just as you're preparing to do whatever you were going to do, uh, you hear a whisper from behind you say "boo," and you feel a hard jab into your back that just kind of like pushes you like really hard, trying to like knock you off balance. It's not like a it's it's not a, a deadly strike. He just clearly showed up and like 
just gave you a, a nice jab in the back to like push you off balance and so, try and knock you over. So first, when you said boo, like all the hair just immediately <laughs> back of my neck, everything tail fluffed. I probably jumped and then he probably hit me while I jumped. So he just pushes you. <laughs> yeah, just while I was in there. Go ahead and roll a dexterity saving throw to see how you land. All right. Um, so I roll a d20 and... I feel like a tabaxi, has, like he should be able to roll for landing. Is that like an acrobatics? Well, he yeah. always lands on his feet. Um, yeah. Always. 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 <laughs> you can do acrobatics. It's just a matter of how gracefully. Yeah. All right. So I have a plus four in acrobatics. So I have a plus two in dexterity and then my uh, That's proficiency. proficiency yeah. So d20 plus four here. 15. Yeah, I'd say you land on your feet and kind of like do like a skid stop kind of correcting facing him as you land. Did but I take damage from that or was it just like a... That's up to Benson. You take three damage. So Ooh. it hurt. Like it, it hurt Ow. when he hit you in the back, but you recovered from it pretty quick. He wasn't trying to hurt you just to make a point. <laughs> and at that point, you turn around and you see him now standing where where he was just right behind you and there is kind of like it's not quite smoke but it's also not quite steam it's like a it's it's like black steam it doesn't it doesn't have the the same properties as smoke it, it's looking more like steam but it's black and it is just rising off of his armor and he is breathing a bit heavily uh are, are you okay there uh benny i'm fine what you just saw was the use of a phase round. Phase rounds allow us to enter Dorma, but it is a a rough ride. I'm sorry. Did you just go to another plane? I did. And you want us to do that? Someday, yes. You need to understand the danger that this threat presents to us. It is ever-present, and you need to learn how to use everything in your arsenal against it. So... Did you essentially hurt yourself going into this plane? No, Miss is confused. I'm concerned about you, Benny. So, something like that. Yes, it is a it is a stressful experience on the body. So, can we use this to like teleport to different locations, or are we just using this in battle? How yes. do you, how do you, use uh, you will not receive training with these techniques for some time, and only if you join the, the Shock Trooper Corps. But should you oh. choose to go that way, you can expect to become very familiar with this method of transportation, so to speak. At that point, he straightens himself up and says, I think that's enough training for today. I have a... A pretty good idea of where your skills are, or lack thereof. And he looks at you, Melwood, when he says that. Yeah, she just like shaking her head because she knows like this is not a good representation of what she can do. Can, can you give her another chance? I I really thought, you know, I think she was nervous. It's fine. But she could do better. I it, can. Thank I, you. I, it's I, it's a, we. You uh, just look. We're yeah. gonna be here for a while. Three years. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Which in cat years, it's like Melwood. I'll give you one more shot. And I will put my shield down and my weapon down. Just just try and hit me. I'm gonna go stand behind Vaso because Yeah, Vaso what I've seen in Melbourne. I, <laughs> I don't know what her aim is right now. Um well my my um my bow's done. So 
There is a similar looking bow on the ground. I'll give you that if you wanted to just try another one. Yeah, I'll do that. All right, I'll pick up that longbow and give it a roll. Show me what you can do, Melwood. I know you can do this. I'm going to cast Hell of Thorns. At a level one. At a level one. Okay. Because that's all that I have. 14. Nope, I lied. Uh... 12, nope, 13. How about you would tell us, walk us through what you did Okay, there. sorry, I rolled, <laughs> I rolled a six, and I have a plus seven on my longbow. Um, So that is a 13. Does that hit? Uh, No. All right. I'll give you this, though. It, it connects. It just, it doesn't really phase him. Yeah, gotcha. Can I? Um, he's, he's not a moving target. He's not trying to dodge it. Like, it, it's going to connect. But it's just not going to really affect him. Um, she's going to drop her bow and just literally run at him with all of her speed and try <laughs> to just, like, like tackle him. And I understand that he's a big guy, but she's a, she's a big gal. And... Was she screaming when she's running? Yeah, at him? Like, like she's got some like screaming. frustration and anger, <laughs> and she's just gonna try to like and like she knows how to tackle someone, so she's gonna go low, wrap around the knees, like hit the ankles, <laughs> and try to bring him down. So it's gonna it's, be at least a strength check on your side. Yeah, just because I believe in my teammate, I'm gonna play like da 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 as she's running and give her bardic inspiration. Right, I love so that. Yeah, bardic inspiration. What does that do? You get a plus six to any D20 okay. roll. If well, you want plus D6, right? D6, okay. yeah, D6. D6. Okay. Thanks, John. So, oh, I got a seven plus my strength, which is only a two, a nine. nine. We're going to roll my six and another four, which is 13 again. <laughs> uh, So, Ben rolled a strength save of 15 plus seven, so 22. Okay. But... Again, you you make contact and he feels it and like he doesn't go down, but he has to take a step back to kind of take the full hit. And he he starts to laugh when he when you hit him. He says, now that's more like it. Okay, good. That's what she wanted. She wanted that validation. Well done. Thank you. Well done. All three of you. Very well done. Now, let's get to the uh, the welcome dinner food. I'm in. So Benson now leads you to the mess hall, which is a pretty basically equipped looking mess hall. It's not a, it's not Spartan, but it's not exactly luxurious either. But when you arrive, you all smell something delicious and it's sort of a, uh, go to the counter, get your food. Melwood is a first, like she's already in line. Okay. There. So when you look behind to see kind of the food that's being prepped and things like that, you see your favorite food. What do you see? Um, just like the biggest salad ever, with like just all these really dark green vegetables and like beets and pickled veg on it, and then like chickpeas, like a good source of like protein on there that's not meat or fish like just this really great huge salad who's in line behind her i guess i am (laughs) yeah you also see your favorite food behind the counter what do you see oh man it's like a big salmon you know (laughs) like a like a salty glaze on it maybe some like uh rice and uh 
mashed potatoes and a goblet of milk, you know. Okay. Okay. How's the how's the salmon prepared? Is it is it served raw like sashimi style? Oh no, 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 no. Like medium cooked? well, skin still on it, steaming. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Vaso, I think you know what questions coming up when you get in line. Yeah, so my favorite food is steak with mashed potatoes. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I gotta have the that protein, that meat, so that's my favorite. Uh, so as you are all in line, you are approached by a little halfling man who says, Hey, what, what can I get y'alls? Uh, I want the, that salad with the grilled veggies and the, 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 the garbanzo bean. That's what I want. Ah, you must be Melwood. I am. Yes. How did you, uh, yes. Look, I, I got a, I got a list of everybody's favorite foods. I made everybody's favorite for the welcome, welcome lunch. You are a adorable thank you you got it oh my gosh uh, uh, he looks over at nomas he says ah kitty cat you must be the the, the salmon feature here oh yeah it's he's like drooling like some like anime character just you know <laughs> eyes really big like i want that salmon baby <laughs> all righty we'll get you taken care of and you you my friend and he looks at you Vaso. so what what do what you be having uh do, do, the the steak right there can you do that uh medium rare Excellent choice. Yes, of course. It's already made medium rare just for you, Vaso. Yeah, thank you. Listen, listen, fella, uh, squad here. I'm, my name's Carmine. I'm the chef here. <laughs> I I got y'all covered. Just whatever whatever kind of food you need. You know, they 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 take care of you guys really well here. They know the work you do is important. So, I mean, we can't afford like you know five star cuisine every night but like we can make your favorite on tuesdays or something like just just let me know what you want and, and carmine will make it happen it, uh carmine what's the snack situation snacks i mean we put out uh we put out some pretty healthy snacks you know we get some fruit and some uh some carrot sticks and then broccoli and stuff we but, got do we have any not like i'm thinking of i got all these pockets and i want to be able to to maybe like put some snacks in my pockets and my pants maybe like some uh, nuts granola I see. I see. Yeah, uh, we can we can probably hook you up with something. I, I, I usually yeah. keep the nuts uh, bit back in the kitchen for, for, you know, making crusts and putting in salads and stuff. You know, I put sunflower seeds in the salad sometimes. Oh, it's yeah. great. Fantastic. But uh, yeah, I can see about getting some little, uh, like baggies. Some little snack size bags for you there. Uh, Carmine, you're the best. Hey, you know what my favorite nut is? Cat shoes. <laughs> she just turns and looks at you. Yeah, I like those too. So put some of those in the bag. I'm gonna play a little. Ba -dum -bum -bum. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. But I just just come back to me later in the week. We'll get you taken care of. Thanks, man. But let me let me get you let me get you your favorites for now. And he you know prepares a plate of each one for you and hands them off to you and says, "All right, you guys. Uh, well, welcome to the order. It's it's wonderful to have you here. Thank you for everything you do." She is, Melwood is so happy. So like for her food, like fuels her body and she's like really physical person. So like, and she's got a little bit of an emotional connection and she had a really rough day so far. Um, so she's, she's definitely happy about this one. Yep. So the three of you have your food and Benson is in line behind you and he says, uh, why don't y'all go find a seat? I'll catch up with you. Head over, find like an open table maybe and just sit down. So what you'll notice is the mess hall is just built like right off the kitchen. And that's more of like your cafeteria military style, you know, like the long row of mm -hmm. tables and you each sit shoulder to shoulder. So if they need to like feed the entire base in one sitting, it'd be done in the mess hall because it's structured 
just for eating, whereas the atrium is more designed as like the student lounge area. So there's going to have like little tables here and there, but it's more focused on being open. Like the quad. Yes, like the quad. So it's up to you guys, whichever one you wanted to go eat it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we'll head out to the atrium, try to find a... Get some fresh air yeah, out there. Find a table or something, hang out. Yeah, outside sounds great. This is great that like, I mean, this is I, literally all of my favorites. It, it's like they read my mind. Uh, no meat for you? Yeah, you Wood? know, I just, I got a, I got a thing about like just killing animals to eat them. So I try to just, not, I just, this is not something, mm. uh, it kind of looks at your salmon and your steak, but I mean, it, whatever works for you, like it's totally fine. Just like for me, um, I just like, you know, I just try to stay away from that, like from a karma perspective, but, but like anything, like I do cheese and, and milk, like if, you know, they provide us with that, that's fine. I just don't really want to end their life just so I can eat them. I got to have my meat. <laughs> I, and that works for you. That's great. Like I couldn't me, survive without my meat. <laughs> for me, I just want like some good veggies and like, you know, like just all, oh, the food you put in your body just like fuels you. It gives you energy and you got to like make sure you're putting the right stuff in there. And you could tell like she's kind of really yeah, passionate about this. You're pretty fit. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I just, it just like calms me down. Like working out, like it just, I, don't know, I just like to stay, to stay healthy. She kind of gives a little bit of a flex. Mm, I saw that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At this point, uh, Benson comes up to the table and on his plate is a little bit of each of the stuff that was prepared for you. So mm. he's sampling what your favorites are. I kind of love that. Benny, how's that salmon? It's uh, it's, it's pretty tasty. I, I like it. It's it it's very good, you know. Uh, Vaso, though, I, I gotta say, yours is my favorite. This this is oh. a good choice. Yeah, um, but you didn't get and like she's gonna take from her bowl like a scoop of like the chickpeas. But like, <laughs> I I think you just need more protein for mine, and like she's just gonna like drop them on his plate. Try it with the chickpeas. He he looks at you and just kind of like begrudgingly puts his fork down, takes a bite of it, and says, "It's this is uh." This this is food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and he's not like disgusted with it. Yeah. He's just not like excited about sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. She's she's pumped. She's this like this tastes healthy. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's good for you. And like she looks at Benson. You're kind of a big guy. You probably should look at your, you know, eating all that animal fat might not be good for you. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It sits in my biology. What is Benson? Uh, Why is Benson? Are, are, are you asking him what he is, or are you um, just trying to make a make a judgment here? Uh, um, well, were we told? Yes, you were told. Um, what, what do I discern? Human? What does he look like? To back it back up, when he has all of his armor on, he kind of looked a little human, but really large for that size. But now, as you're getting closer to him, and he, especially after he takes his helmet off, you notice that he is a half orc. Oh, this oh. is what you're supposed to look like. <laughs> and she kind of like smacks you on the back of it um and then but like and then like smacks and then kind of like rubs it like she was joking around okay I, yeah i know and he just basta just goes back to his stick he just ignores her <laughs> just minds his own business <laughs> hey uh benson where are you originally from uh, originally i come from the land of the giants uh vorsine but you're, wait, you're not a giant, are you? 
or half no no it, but uh you know my family has a small presence in that area the land of the giants ain't just giants oh i don't think i've ever really met a giant before they're good folk i'm sure they are tall is that where where the land of the giants on the map basically like at that south uh, it's the furthest north. So the okay. land of the giants is the furthest north, and they, the city of Vorsin is their capital. And you would know just from like world history that their primary export is coffee and livestock. Mm. So more of like the farming type of lifestyle. On that note, Benson is also drinking a steaming hot cup of coffee with his food. Yeah, I was going to ask Benson how long he's he's been in the order. Uh, I've been in the order a long time. Uh, it's many years. I've seen quite a few things happen. It's, uh, oh, wow. It's almost 30 years now. Wow. So is, is there hope for us? I mean, just be real. He gets a real serious look in his eyes when you say that. And he says, of course there's hope for you. If I can be real with you all, you all for a second, uh, I'm here to take care of you and make sure that you know how to keep yourselves and others safe. And there's not that many of us that have the gift and it's a, it's a precious commodity to us. It's, it's important, important to the people of this world. And it's important that you know how to use it and use it to, for everything it's worth to just do good in this world. Uh, Benson, when did you find out that you you had the gift? Ask me again once you're through basic training. How long is basic training for again? Three years? Three years is just in normal things. Like you say college is four years mm-hmm. because normally it takes four years. But it might take some people five or six to get out of it. It might be two, three years. You know, like three years is kind of like the average that it takes to get out of the recruitment phase, but it all depends on when you actually get promoted to the next level of when you would leave. Um, and it's called the Academy of Light. Yes. Is there like a bookstore kind of souvenir shop? Is there like a little shop on campus? Um, like if I wanted to get a monogrammed um, armband or something or sweatshirt, I'd say you would probably look at something in the workshop. Would probably be where that would be. You're at. gonna want to speak to Ashton. So if you if you ask Benson that question, he's yeah. gonna say you should have a conversation with Ashton about that. Okay. And then Benson, do we need to get these boys some real weapons? And I, I need to fix my bow. And I also just want to say, my performance today is not typical. I was just I'm not. I just want to let you know that I'm gonna try so much harder. I understand. It's. Uh... Believe me, you wouldn't be here if you didn't deserve to be here. But yes, it, to answer your question about getting these boys properly equipped, uh, I can say at least you brought your equipment. But we will we will get them equipped long before we uh, go on any missions. So will it be the four of us going out on missions, or is the thought to train us and the three of us? At first, you'll be under my supervision, but pretty quickly we, we stand our squads up to be independent. That's why you work in groups of threes to support each other. I will always be close by, though, until you're through training. And then with that, to move it along, Benson is going to finish up his meal, excuse himself, and then 
will basically give you guys directions on where your dorm is at. Because at this point, you guys still haven't visited your dorm, so you still have all of like your gear, like your backpack and stuff that you're mm-hmm. carrying around. So he's going to give you the rest of the evening off to get settled in. I will say you noticed that when you sat down, the other squad was sitting with their CO eating as well, kind of a few tables away, and they're gone by the time you get up. Okay. Are we... Um. What's the dorming situation? Are we sharing a room? Do we all have our own room? But kind of like, what does it look like? So Vaso and Nomis are sharing a room. All right. And to describe your rooms to you, they are they are a little bit nicer than your average dorm room, at least in terms of privacy, because the each person does have their own bedroom. It's not a huge room, but it's it's a private space, and there's a bathroom in the middle. So they're kind of like two two bedroom units with a shared bathroom. So you have like the the door that goes through either side mm. and you have your own kind of personal space in this uh, academy. And that goes back to the kind of status of the order in the world that it's a, it's a respected group and it's reasonably well-funded. You're not lap luxury, but you are okay. comfortable because you are working in this, in this role. It's protecting the world. And so Nomis and Vaso, you are sharing a room. And at this point, Melwood, you do not know who your roommate is, but you can probably take a guess based on your fellow recruits. Yeah, the yeah. The elephant. Yeah. Lucky, <laughs> <you> lucky duck. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming it's uh, the other female. Um, yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go get settled in, I think. For the night. Yes. Um, so when you go to your room, you find the human female just kind of already looking very settled into her bed or settled into her room. And she is lying on her bed reading a book. Okay. So walk me through this one more time. Do we like walk into like a, a shared common area space and then our bedrooms are kind of off? Um, you walk into your own bedroom, but the bathroom doors are open, so you see her through. Okay, that. so it's literally just like a bedroom, small like bedroom th- or bedroom that's connected. There's no like area with a couch and a TV. Like, or, no. I mean, it wouldn't be a TV, but you'd, like you'd have like a desk and like a chair and stuff. Okay, to write but there's up, no like stuff, common area with like. Um, there's yeah. one on the floor. Uh, okay, it's gotcha. sort of where, so if it, the between the two squads, there are six people. So there's three of these like two bedroom okay. units. And where the fourth one would be is like a little lounge area. Okay, per, a lounge. That's what I was looking for. Also, are my guys like close? We're all on the same floor. We're just, we have our own sleeping quarters. Yep. You're, okay. you're, you're next door. Oh. Okay. And we're the other guys. two, the, um, that sounds the Tortle and the Loxodon are across the hall from you. Okay. We got to go party with them. I bet they have a good time over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to um, kind of get in, uh, drop my bag and just take a second and like, all right, this is like, this is it. This is what I left home for. Um, and it's kind of a big moment. Like she didn't really want to come, but she kind of had no choice. So she's kind of taking it in and she's going to peek through the, the shared room. Hi. Rumi? She looks up from over her book and she says, hi. Uh, and she just goes back to reading. Okay. I don't, um, I can see you're probably really into your book, um, but I just, I don't think we actually got properly introduced. Um, I'm Elwood, but I mean, my friends call me Wood. So I just like, I guess nice to meet you. She 
gives a little bit of like a, a, a sigh when she puts her book down, but she does put her book down okay. and stands up and walks over and says, I'm Bonnie. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Bonnie. Um, so this is it. There's space, right? Yes. Well, it, it's my space. Well, the, this this part of it is. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm uh, yeah, I'm still in the bathroom. I wouldn't have never walked into her space unless she asked me to come in. Um, okay. Well, I mean, t- should we just kind of like figure out a bathroom schedule or just go with the flow? She just says, "I'm I'm sure it'll be fine." Okay. And she says, and after after a second, she she's just like quiet, and she says, I, "I'm sorry. I don't I don't mean to be standoffish. I just I'm." I'm not, I'm not good with other people very much. Well, I'm great with other people, so <laughs> this <laughs> this will work out just fine. Um, okay, I get that, and I'll get I'll give you your space. Um, but you know, if you ever want to hang out or chat or whatever, I mean, my just you know, my door's open, and but if you want to read and and do your own thing, um, also I'm I'm kind of really into tea, and out of her bag, she's gonna pull out. She has this, um kind of quote electric teapot so it's a little um thing where she just lights a little fire underneath it and it boils a cup of water for her um and she's got this kind of like whole tea contraption situation with different blends um if you ever want a cup of tea for your book just let me know i'm going to interject that your teapot is a family heirloom okay yeah it is magical in that it always will have water in it Hot water? Perfect temperature for tea. No, no, you'll have to heat it, oh. but you don't have to put water in it. You know, oh. like if you light the fire, it's just going to bake water. Water. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Uh, I mean, okay, so just question about that. If she heats up the water, is the infinite water hot? Or does it cool off after like a teapot's worth of hot water? I kind of like it cooling off after a teapot's yeah, worth yeah. of hot water. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, yeah, you have boiling water. But one cup. You can't just create a, a waterfall of boiling water. Because, yeah, exactly. yeah, we all know I'll be using that later. Exactly. Well, because then you'd invite invent like indoor plumbing. Yeah, yeah. But it Which, just does I mean, one cup. I guess we don't know. We haven't established whether there's like sophisticated indoor plumbing in this world yet. But yeah. But hey. It's actually water <laughs> elementals. They just have a really bad job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. uh, okay, cool. I love it. So I got my like teapot and I'm, I'm and I'm like, I'm going to make myself a cup of tea if uh, if you like one. But if you want to get back to your book, that's OK. With the most warmth you have seen out of her so far, she says, that would be nice. Th- thank you. And then we're going to cut to Vaso and Nomis. You guys get into your room. You see the exact same setup. You open the door into your dormitory. So you have your table and chairs, the bed, and then the shared door to the shared bathroom. Or the door to a shared bathroom. Left or right, my friend? I'll take the right one. All right. So I go into my room, um, and then I just put my stuff on the floor, and then I uh, I just go and I just sit on my bed and just or just kind of lay down for a second just to just to decompress because it's been it's been a wild trip for me. <laughs> Nomis, as you are unpacking your things, you notice that there is a small box, a small wooden box in your pack that you know you've never seen before that you didn't put in your bag. Well, naturally, I'm curious, so. Uh... Yeah, I think I'll take it out and, and open it. As you open it, Vaso, you hear this as well. 
you start hearing a melody start playing. And as you continue to open the box a little bit more, a small red-headed figurine with wings begins to twirl around as a soft melody begins to play. It is a music box, is what you're given. Oh. Inside the box is a note. Do you want me to read out loud? What I guess I need to because of the listeners. <laughs> I was gonna pass, yes. I was gonna pass it to you, yes. but then I was like, well, "That's not gonna work." <laughs> the note says, "No, Miss, you may be far away, but you will always be with us. We will search for grace in our travels, but for now, you must trust in Valdana." And then it's signed, Gidget. So I think Nomis um, will kind of suddenly remember why he's here in his ultimate purpose and get kind of sad. And one of his coping mechanisms is to play music. So I think he's just going to sit there and lightly play. Actually, he's probably going to take out the pan flute because he's that sad. Um, can I hear him? No, probably not because you're busy talking with Bonnie. Okay. Does, does Vaso hear him playing? Yeah, you would have heard the music box, okay. and then uh, I guess a couple of minutes later, you'd probably hear the pan flute going. And so the bard's tale has come to a close. Ah, what a splendid crowd you have been. We hope, we hope we'll see you again at Carriage Rest Inn. guys thanks so much for um hanging out with us um this is the part of the podcast that we love the most well i'm not really but actually the guys probably hate it um but i make them do it so this is where we go around the table and it's just a little get to know your players so the question the first question is what was your reaction when mike asked you if you wanted to be on a podcast i was obviously excited as mike (laughs) but you know (laughs) Well, I guess your reaction, so kind of it was my idea. So I guess what was your reaction when I brought it up? Oh, I was really excited because originally you didn't want it. You didn't like Dungeons and Dragons because you didn't know what it was. And then we started playing and then you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then we were playing in our campaign with our local group. And then you're like, man, we're we're really funny. We should should record this. And I was like, yes, we will. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we are really funny. If you don't think we're funny, you could just stop listening to us. I was... um, Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll say that, uh, I mean, at first I was kind of nervous, you know, just because, you know, I'm going to be out there. and But, you know, I I like the idea. And, I, you know, the more I thought about it, the more excited I got. So. And look yeah. at you now. You're making social media TikToks with me. Right. I mean, how well, far we have come. You're making me do that. I mean, so. that's 100% true. <laughs> I don't really have a choice there. You have no choice. Absolutely <laughs> not. Um. I was like Nick. I was excited, but a little nervous because I'm not, you know, used to recording myself. But going back and listening to the episodes, I crack up, and my wife either gives me an eye roll or very inquisitive. And when I try to explain to her what happened, she, I think, immediately regrets asking me what I did. So because <laughs> she knows me too well. But overall, it's it's been awesome. So thanks oh, for the invite. I love it, uh, John. Yeah. So. I, uh, when you guys first asked me to play, I was <clears throat> in, uh, pretty much right away. Cause I, I have no issue performing or anything like what? that, but Stop. yeah, no shocker, right? No one would have <laughs> guessed, but yeah, I, uh, I remember when, when you first asked me, 
we we had not come up with the two DM structure yet. So I was going to be one character and you know, given the number of different voices I, I can do, I felt like I needed some way to like be able to do more than one character. And there was a couple things that we're were discussed until we landed on the the two DM structure that we have, and I think that's super cool and pretty unique. So I was excited to be part of that. Was one of the ideas multiple personality character because that was sort of. Really <laughs> John, you just reminded me of that scene in Mrs. Doubtfire when she's like, "What's your skills?" And you're like, "I do voices." <laughs> what do you mean you do voices? I do voices. <laughs> <laughs> do you do an impersonation of a hot dog, John? It was in the movie. I made the face. Yeah, obviously. Um, I guess for me it was kind of my idea. So I like Mike said, and and Ryan, like we were all playing. So me, Mike, Ryan, Nick, and then we had another guy, Sean. Um, that hopefully you guys will get to hear in one of our one shots. Uh, we've we've been playing for a while, five six years now, and I'm like, God, we are so funny. And I was listening to all these other podcasts, which are really good. But we're just funny. And I don't know, maybe I think we're funnier than we are. And if we are, please, nobody burst my bubble. Like, let me think we're funny. Um, And I was like, I think people would be entertained by us, or at least we'd have a fun time doing it. All right. Well, listen, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us, getting to know us um, kind of behind the scenes. If you if there's a question that you would love to ask, please jump on our website at carriagerestales.com. There's a Google form there where you can submit your questions or you can always slide into our DMs on Instagram. And that's going to be Carriage Rest Tales D&D. Um, you can also follow us on Discord uh, at Carriage Rest Tales. Uh, that's all I got. So thanks so much.